Space spatio temporal hyperlink. What's that? No idea. Just made it up. Don't want to say magic door. Exterminate. Computer status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! Welcome everybody to the September 11th, 2010 edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, deep in Area 51, checking out my membership in the Charisma Carpenter Fan Club, I Am The Dome. Joining tonight's talk cast from the Alston Brighton Hellmouth, fighting the fight for truth, justice, and a date with Spike the White-Haired Vampire, the woman who believes pirate booty is a snack food, Kriana. Oh please, Eric Northman would totally kick Spike's ass. And we'll be able to talk about that later on this evening. <laughs> From the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, tonight the legendary first sidekick of Space Ghost, Illustrator X. You're welcome as always. And the Priestess of the Undead, the Priestess of Zombie Minions, the Goddess of the Goblins, and Dome's Dame, the Dead Redhead. Good evening, everyone. From Outpost Gallifrey in Indiana, our caffeine-addicted crop circle investigator and the person who yours beautiful young ladies into his lair for a game of strip munchkin, Awake by Java. Good evening, everyone. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to get into the whole... Uh, Copycat! <laughs> Tonight's guests from Wizard World, its founder, publisher, CEO, and Dalai Lama, Garib Seamus, will be joining us at 8.30. And from Double Midnight Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, the Donald Trump of the comic book world, its CEO and founder, <laughs> Chris Pro. <laughs> Woo! I mean, yay, Chris. Throwing uh, my bra right now, you just can't see it. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you can't see it. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be a show. Oh, but a family this is a show. Well, it depends on the family now, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Fairly friendly to my family, but that's a whole other story. All righty. So, where do we want to start tonight? Shall we bring well, in the Cursinator himself? Let's bring in the Donald Trump of New Hampshire comics. All right. I, I will call him right now. Let's see. Get his private line. Calling on the bat phone. On the bat phone. <laughs> it's glowing red. And uh, <laughs> Dome, you said Does that you'd the stop commissioner? that. Hello. Oh, hey, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night, Chris. Thanks for having me back, guys. Hey, we always love having you back. So, we understand that there's some really cool stuff going on at the store in Manchester, New Hampshire. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's, you know, a little thing going on at the store. We uh, just, uh, just about doubled in size uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Which was good because, so you know, can... those gaming nerds were starting to really encroach on the comic book area. It was a little <laughs> sweaty thing. It just needed to be avoided. Yeah. Well, we, we love all our comic and gaming customers. It was... Uh, the case of it, we need a bigger boat. So, you know, so did you take the gaming area and surround it with chicken wire? <laughs> uh, barbed wire, actually. Uh, <laughs> excellent. 
Just have his own little like dinner. guard tower so he can give rulings <laughs> over a loudspeaker. It got some yeah. air freshener in there. <laughs> yeah. Joking, oh. we actually were just using a, a, a uh, an intercom system. So. Very nice. Well, Chris, um, now that you've re you're in the process of revamping the store, when is your grand opening? What will that entail, and what's next? Uh, we're actually uh, we're still doing some work. We're tweaking things. Uh, you know, started right before Labor Day, uh, and, and we've been busting busting our hopes to get things uh, back in shape, uh, and we'll be getting some fixtures and tweaking things over the next couple of weeks. Uh, going to give our gaming area a complete makeover, uh, and then that'll take us into October, which is an insanely busy month for us. Uh, so I think our grand reopening is probably going to be at the beginning of November, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be quite the party. Uh, we're working on some details right now, so uh, I can't comment on anything just yet, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So if we're in double midnight withdrawal, what can we do in the meantime? In the meantime, if you haven't withdrawn, uh, you can follow us online. Uh, we're on uh, Twitter. That's uh, twitter.com uh, slash DM, at DMComics. Uh, we're also on Facebook. That's uh, facebook.com slash DMComics. And then we also have our uh, weekly uh, video podcast called The DM Cast that we run on uh, YouTube. So it's usually uh, Brett and I uh, talking comics, what's, what's going on at the store. And uh, this week we allowed Pat the, uh, the honor to be on the the episode. <laughs> I, I think that every week he needs to make a different ruling. I know. <laughs> now, Chris, is Wickersham going to direct any of those pieces for YouTube? I'm sorry? Is Wickersham going to direct any of those pieces for YouTube? He, he, was, actually in one, he was actually in one of them. And actually, <laughs> ran, uh, we, had, we had to cut it in half because you can only have 10 minutes of, of uh, footage. <laughs> Of talking and talking and talking, um, you know. So he, he likes to hear himself talk. But he might he might show up again sometime. Excellent. All right, Chris. Thank you very much, everybody. Check out Double Midnight Comics and Collectibles in Manchester, New Hampshire. Go to dmcomics.com. Now you are open during the renovation, correct? Oh, yeah, we, we didn't close at all. It, you know, the gaming area was a little cramped for a little while as we kind of took everything from the sales floor and put it back there for a bit, um, but we did not close at all. So, so if uh, you're in desperate need sense. of uh, desperate need of uh, yeah, episode two of Zombies vs. Cheerleaders, hint, hint, hint. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Frankie. <laughs> uh, you can certainly drop by or... or you know, get the new edition deck, the uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer edition of Munchkins. So, you know, what? drop by. <laughs> oh, I need that. What? I need that. What? We need to play it together. Oh, I agree. I agree, I agree Kriana. Okay. But there's a lot more to talk about. We got a guest coming up at the half. <laughs> okay. All right. Chris, well, thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. We'll be talking to you again soon. All right. Thanks. We'll see you at the shop. All righty. So. Are you allowed to play strip munchkin at the store? Or sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we could um see if they kicked us out. <laughs> so speaking of strip That's munchkin. That's what that intercom is for. <laughs> yeah, oh, sneaky. Clearly it's a video intercom. <laughs> oh. La 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 la. Anyway. <laughs>
Anyways, so oh, it's cool that he talked about his podcast, and another friend of ours is podcasting again. Yes, I don't. Uh, later, ladies and gentlemen, it is with great happiness uh, that we're announcing that Spider Robinson is come back to podcasting, come back to doing public appearances. And we are very, very happy and very pleased for him. He's going to be working in Canada uh, with some of his local charities and libraries and things that Gene had done work with in the past with him. And I just couldn't be happier. I listened to his podcast. We will have on our website the link, direct link to his podcast. You can also get it off iTunes and Spider, if you're listening, it was a pleasure to, to hear you again. It really was. And, and it's really nice to have you back. Pontificating. Darn right. It's not pontificating when it comes from the heart. Yeah, it still is. And speaking of things that come from the heart, uh, <laughs> Jess Hartley. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Another friend of the you show. Know, you mentioned Spider Robinson and the puns start flowing. I know. <laughs> I know. What can I tell you? What wow. I- no, sending lots of love out to Jess. She actually sent an email to those of us who um, had got part of her Kickstarter program. It's Kickstarter, right, that she's using? No, she's and, doing it she's um, on her website. No, she's doing it on her website. The one on her website yeah. to um, raise the money for the book that she's making, and it was a very good success. And because of that, um, she'd started writing it, and she sent the email to uh, the folks who were who had signed up to be sponsors, apologizing for being a little late. And it sounds like she's late because it's going to be longer and better, and I cannot wait to read this book. Yeah, she, you know, she said it was... It, it's now getting into September, and uh, so she's saying it's ta- it took it's taking longer than expected. Um, yep. And then also, she and her family are moving back right. to the Pacific Northwest, and that took up a lot of her time. So um, she said, you know, it's not done yet. And uh, personally, I am absolutely uh, on the edge of my seat, waiting to uh, to hear more about the project because uh, it's going to be great. Same Absolutely. here. Again, Jess, if you're listening, we understand you're busy right now writing Shattered Glass, but uh, when it's done, you're ready to talk about it again. We'd love to have you back on the show. And Jess, Absolutely. however long it takes is how long it takes. That's right. <laughs> art. And we are all sitting here very patiently sending our love out to you and waiting with bated breath. I'm not patient. But wow. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> Speaking of love, Kriana? Yes, my dear. What happens when you let a hundred cats loose inside an Ikea? Love. Amazingness. (laughs) Amazingness. If you have not seen this video, apparently Ikea, one of Ikea's flagship stores, they decided, you know, hey, what creature likes comfort more than people? Clearly, the answer is cats. So how do we figure out which, which of our furniture is the most comfortable? Well, let's set 100 cats loose in the store and then make a commercial <laughs> out of it. And then they posted a making of video up. And man, hilarious. 
popularity ensues. Yeah, I, I mean, the the whole, and these are not trained, you know, cats. They're not they're not stunt cats. <laughs> no, no, they have the owners come on come on the video yeah. and say, "Well, this is Pookie," and you know, I think she'll be not all um, hundred of them though. Um, no, not well, a hundred of them. God. I think she'll fall asleep, and then you know, Pookie gets down there and starts brawling with the, with Snowball and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're very conservative with your names. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I mean, it was it was very very cool to see because you know, it's night. What are they doing at IKEA? Nothing. So put some cats in there. Well, I don't I don't know about <laughs> nothing. They've done something kind of interesting. <laughs> the issue is that trying to get them, as they say, it's like trying to herd cats. How are they going to get all hundred out of there again? <laughs> Oh, they were getting up into the ceilings, behind walls. It was, it was pretty cool. Carefully, I believe, is the answer to that question. Yeah. Carefully. Yeah. Carefully. <laughs> Carefully and slowly. Yes. At one point, they lose a cat behind a wall, and they have to actually cut into the, the guy wall to get the cat out. I kid you um, not, uh, it's, it's the best. Luckily, it was Ikea, so they just, they just replaced the wall with a, with a new unit. <laughs> pretty That's much, true. yeah. No, that happened to one of my cats once. It got in behind a wall, and it took it like two weeks to get it out. You know, and then the owner's like, wow, I can't believe Pookie acted like that. <laughs> just, it's a cat! <laughs> just never know. Yeah. But, you know, it's a cat, so. Okay. Hilarious. Well, so if, if you're ever wondering if a science fiction writer would tackle the question of what would happen if you threw 100 cats into an Ikea, it is no longer science fiction. It is fact. Science. In fact, isn't there isn't there a new show coming up in the in the fall lineup uh, that involves cats in an IKEA? I'm almost positive because there are Is tons a reality of show. <laughs> <laughs> well, there there are just tons of shows. Oh, yeah, I believe it's, it's like called Meerkat Manor, but with, with cats. No, it's on Sci-Fi. It's oh no, uh, wait, it's called it's called Sanctuary. Uh, <laughs> and. And that's all it is, is a whole bunch of cats running around a big building. Gee, I thought it was called <laughs> Three Inches, but that's a whole other story. Never mind. Uh, I thought it was called Catprica. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. uh, excuse me, dead redhead? <laughs> yes. Get him now. Take care of that. Oh. So what oh. else is in the fall lineup for sci-fi? Oh, you mean besides Catprica? <laughs> That's the only show that I'm going to watch. Oh, Lord, no. Lord knows, don't get your kibbles twisted on this one. <laughs> of course, there is always Nikata. Oh. oh. You know, if anybody saw Nikita, um, okay, I got three things I want to say. Ah! <laughs> That's one. No, forget the other two. No, I mean... I, I gotta say, we do have a lot of good. Uh, there's a, a huge amount of sci-fi and genre yeah. shows coming up in the fall, returning shows as well as new ones. I do want to point out that the Fox Network, in its wisdom, has said, "Okay, Firefly only deserves one season, but the Human Target. This okay, is the one that up. deserves." I like Human Target. Ladies and gentlemen, Kriana likes Human Target more than Firefly. You heard it here. Not first. more than Firefly, but you know, Firefly's <laughs> been canceled for years now. We gotta get over it at some point. Wait a minute, wait a minute. X, you cannot chastise her for liking Human Target when you like 
Smallville. Speaking of which, Smallville is back for season ten. Ah, shoot me now. And and ladies and gentlemen, Tony Todd, the Candyman himself, will be playing Darkseid. So, so do we, you know who I liked from um, from Human Target was the guy who looked like Warren Zevon. Right, who was never in the comic. Yeah, that's okay. I never read the comic, so the I don't care. The guy who looked like Warren Zevon. Yeah, I forget his now name. Nobody's dead? Or... <laughs> he yeah, was because cool, he's though. dead, absolutely. He's cool. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to figure out uh, the event, which premieres uh, September 20th nine, at 9 o'clock on NBC. Wait, Guerrero, that was his name. Right. Sorry. I'm trying to figure out what the hell it is. Uh, the event is about, uh, well, they say the An biggest event, event in the biggest cover-up in U.S. history, but the problem is we don't know what that event was. Right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I think uh, that's, I think that that's whole, the whole thing. That's the no. whole thing. So we're trying to do the new loss. It was over so fast, man. Liston went it's down in two minutes, and Ali was a champ. <laughs> it's a mysterious group of mysterious detainees that is, aren't explained. Yeah, it's it's a lost wannabe. Was that called uh, X Files? Oh, sorry. No, it was. Uh, it's been called any number of not great shows, and I think we're in for another one. You know, it bothers me that a show that had promise, like Flash Forward, got tossed. And and stuff like this is coming back. I don't know. Flash Forward well, wasn't that great. I didn't say it was that great. I said it had promise, and it, it, it very much did have promise. I the mean, event Flash Forward less than Human Target. <laughs> okay, oh it's just like I had no sympathy for any of the characters by the end. I didn't connect with any of them. I pretty much wanted to see them all die. Oh, well, ah. you know, especially Dimitri because he was a whiny bitch. Yeah, he was. <laughs> but on the positive note, we're, only, we're less than two months away from the premiere of The Walking Dead. Woo! Yeah! Woo! How about we all agree that that's going to be awesome. And you How know what? You know what? I, I, I am super excited that the, that the network that's doing The Walking Dead is AMC because they, they know exactly how to let an artist uh, or, or a group of writers take control of the show. Oh, look what they've done with Mad Men. Mad Men is... Oh, Mad Men has been so good. It's insanely good. Even even this last season, it's been set. And, and I after last season of Mad Men, I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, it was all up in the air. They've yep. really brought it together this season. And Absolutely. you know, not only that, but I just think that the the network itself, American Movie Classics, is what it used to be. Right? They um, yeah. they they're doing different things. They're not yep. sticking to the tried and true, which is so nice to see. Yes. It really is. Well, look at Breaking well, Bad, too. Isn't that an AMC uh, release as well? Breaking Bad? I, I, yeah. I think, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's some really non-mainstream stuff that is just incredibly good right now coming out of there. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> zombie, zombie apocalypse time? I'm with them. I, I'm good. Let's, let's just keep a level head, though. Everybody is raving about Walking Dead, and it hasn't hit yet. I mean, that's true. Yeah, yeah I still... but enough has hit. I mean, you got you got the stills. They have production stuff that's come out. I mean, the first that... episode seems good. Two words: Phantom Menace. Uh... <laughs> okay, yeah, no, 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 I don't think it's going to be the greatest movie of all time. No, oh my speaking god! Nobody actually thought that. Who had half a brain? I'm sorry. Yeah, speaking of that, though, um, uh. 
the Clone Wars, the Star Wars, the, the Clone Wars is going for another season. I, I and know. you know what? At the at Star Wars, uh, what was it? The Star Wars event, whatever it was, um, Star Wars Con Five or whatever it was. Um, yeah. George Lucas was up on stage and he was talking about why um, why different groups of people have vastly different feelings about the Star Wars series. You know, our generation and the generation of my parents. So you know, well, dome. Um, <laughs> Is 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 we are we are dedicated to the first three movies, but the kids that are in high school now they are dedicated to the to the prequels just the yeah. same way that we are. And the kids that I'm teaching now in the younger grades they love the Clone Wars. They don't even know there are any movies called Star Wars. They just yeah, love watching the Camel guy anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, you wouldn't know if you saw him today that he was Luke Skywalker. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, um, he was on stage <laughs> too. Crashes. Same same thing with uh, with. But now he's the Joker. Um, he was the Joker, sort of. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I think that it's great that that Clone Wars is going for a third season because um, there's a whole group of people who love that. And from what I hear, I haven't watched it, but um, my fr- one of my friends has kids who watch it. He says that it's great. He watches it with his kids, and they can geek out about Star Wars and. It's completely. Katie, you don't have to justify it. We we know you just watch it yourself. I don't. I, 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 uh-huh, I will sure. completely. My friend has kids. Uh huh. We know what that's code for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Absolutely right. Uh, okay. That, that's code for games of strip munchkin. <laughs> Yay! <clears throat> but if you want to talk about a third season to die for, Fringe is in two weeks. I don't know. It's getting a little weird. Getting weird? It's been weird since day one. No. Well, yes, but I like Olivia. I don't want her to be trapped on the other side. I like Olivia a lot. You know, it's funny because that's one of them that took a little while for it to grow on you, I think. Yeah. Because it took me maybe four or five episodes before I was really willing to commit to it. But, boy, once you commit, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm... Oh, I, uh, I love the idea that Fringe is coming back, but I'm going to have to start watching it again to get really excited. I can't get excited about the season premiere, not with so much other stuff going on. Like, right now, we are just a week away from the, or no, wait, tomorrow is the season finale of season three of True Blood. True. I yes, I know. And it, it, tell me, this has not been the best season ever. Oh, wow. That well, I mean, it was we certainly t- better than the last season. We talked about it before, but the, the, the speech made to the American people over the, over the news by um, the <laughs> king of Louisiana. Oh, my God. As he's holding the newsman's spine. Yeah. It, that, that was – I was like at that moment I thought, okay, now people have to understand vampires as, as an archetype, right? You cannot watch that without understanding the very nature of what vampire represents – in, in literature, that's exactly a, a, a display of, you know, a perfect uh, vampire view of the world. I, I, I just thought it was epic. But you and, know what the best part of that whole, that whole scene was? At the very end, when he turns off camera to his left and goes, and what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? <laughs> you know, the, the thing is that he has never been an intimidating character in that, in that show. 
I didn't think so either until well, they, they made him that way, you know, on purpose. purpose. He's he's not a looming figure like Eric Northman. He's not dark and mysterious and and troubled like Bill. He's just kind of a happy-go-lucky guy, and he's got this. Who just know, happens to like killing people. Yeah, he's just and he's goofy. He looks goofy. He acts goofy, and and then he has these moments where you see this the the unbelievably inhuman part of him and oh that was that was just such a chilling moment you know it's all fun and games until someone loses a spine (laughs) well (laughs) and then you have ripped out from your back yeah pretty much you you have the the contrast because then you have the character of godric from last season um who is the the absolute best the the hopeful side of what vampires believe that they might be able to achieve and i don't know i think i think that it's a fabulous series and it, it makes me it makes me forgive almost forgive Twilight because no, no don't forget <laughs> that no, 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 it no, really no. does it really does because if, if Twilight hadn't happened we would not have gotten True Blood we sure would have uh, I don't uh, think so I, I I hope you're wrong in that but you know if I have to I take I think there's always been a market for vampires I don't I don't I, well I think so but I don't think it would have made it where it was without the intense interest from the very particular demographic that, that likes. Oh, all right. I, I don't yeah, know. I don't think the same demographic watches True Blood as watches Twilight at all. Well, let's put it all these, all those moms of tweeners who sit there and, and, and swoon in the movie. Uh, I don't think are watching True Blood. I'll give you that much. I think, oh it, I think God. they are. And you know what? I think that, um, that, that double standard is hilarious. Because if there were 40-year-old guys lining up to go see a 17, 16-year-old girl take off her shirt. No kidding. That there would be. No, wait. That's called out. a Miley Cyrus concert, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, even her dad does it. That's how gross that is. Oh, man. Don't even go there. <laughs> Creepy weird. Okay. Can we fit in one more item here before the halftime? Oh, can, it, can it please be the Doctor Who game? Woo, please, yes. please. Oh, wow. So <laughs> Now, I don't oh, know God. whether to love this or hate it. Because on the one hand, it's such a, a, a strange thing that came out of nowhere. But on the other hand, it's so epically awesome that I have to have it. Even though I already have enough Wiimotes... <laughs> For my Wii, <laughs> I need the Wiimote that is shaped like a sonic screwdriver. I, know, I just me too. need it. I, I, I can't. Wait a minute, Kriana, you don't even have a Wii. Yes, I do. <laughs> what are you talking about? I so do. Um, so don't. So, so. <laughs> no, I really do. Did you not see it when you were over here? No, I didn't. Oh, well, somebody got their eyes burned out with hot steaming irons. Uh, because we have a Wii, Zombarian bought it. Ah, uh, didn't know. I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see this peripheral is coming out. Uh, it's a licensed product from Nintendo, official, and it's it's been reported in the UK because, of course, the UK has had access to those free Doctor Who adventures, which is probably going to be the basis of what will be a Wii game um, coming out. Yeah, oh, cut it out. Oh, so we don't really know what the game is going to be about. We well, it's apparently um, well, it it doesn't 
it, okay. The uh, the Wii title is called Doctor Who Returned to Earth, and there's a DS game for the Nintendo handheld called Doctor Who Evacuation Earth. So there will be two Doctor Who games coming out on Nintendo consoles, both uh, home consoles and handhelds. Um, we don't know much more than that, uh, except that uh, Matt Smith and Karen Gillian is, are going to be the the voices for the uh, characters, of course, um, and there'll be brand new storylines created by Doctor Who's production team. So they'll be a part of the canon, and you know, the, it'll be it. it that's all we know by now. Uh, it's supposed to launch in October, so we should see it pretty quick. Hey, you know, in other, in other Doctor Who news, in Who News, mm. uh, Doctor Who won its fourth Hugo Award, which is, you know, a big freaking deal uh, for uh, The Waters of Mars. Nice. Yeah, that, huh. you know. It was know, a great episode. It, it was, did, they get, did they get one for Blink? No, they did not. That's See, a crime. That that that's the one that I would assume that they would go and play. Yeah, you know they're they're looking for other things at the Hugos. So the interesting thing is Doctor Who has Doctor Who has more Hugos than any single television series. I was just about to ask that because that's a heck of a lot of awards. It really is the complete Star Trek franchise. Franchise only won three, four. I'm well, sorry, two in the original series and two for next gen. Well, it's Let's a flash in the pan. Next generation seat. deserved a lot more. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can't yeah, please everybody. That's what I said. No, you can please me though. True. Yeah. Hey, folks, oh, getting Martha. We're at the halftime. It's Martha Stewart. Hold is it on, already Martha. halftime? It is but already halftime. It is indeed. Suck, 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 suck. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. We are flying along here this week. Um, do we do want to point out to our listeners that if you call in, if you call in, if call you comment in. on this week's show once the podcast is up, you could be in the running to win a graphic novel by Michael Morecci, who is the publisher of the Sleepless Phoenix Comics Anthology. So uh, once you finish listening to the show, send us your thoughts, your petitions, your death threats, requests, what have you. We'll be more than happy to uh, consider them as they go into the circular bin. And who's our guest for the week? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Who's had... our guest coordinator? Yeah. Who's, who's the guest coordinator? Mm, hold on. That will be me, boss. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This week's guest, we are very happy to have the founder. How did you say it, Dome? The founder, the CEO, and the Dalai Lama of Wizard Entertainment, Garib Seamus, is on. Said yes. <laughs> All right, sh- shall I call him now on the bat phone? Why don't oh, we that might be a good phone? idea. <laughs> and a silence fell over the podcast. <laughs> Emergency temporal shift. Hello. Hello. Hi, Garib. Welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Hi, how you doing? Good. On the dome with us tonight, uh, the Dead Redhead, Illustrator X, Kriana, and Awake by Java. And we've brought Garib Seamus along tonight to talk about Wizard World in Boston, which makes a triumphant return to Boston after ooh, a number of years. Yay! The Alston Brighton home of is pleased. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're so excited about it. Excellent. Well, please tell us about it. Yeah, so we're going to be at the uh, the Heinz Center on October 15th through 17th. And what we've been doing is we've been doing a lot of acquisitions in the Comic-Con world. Um, we've had uh, our Chicago and Philly shows for a long time now. Uh, Chicago almost 15 years and Philly over 10 now. And we really want to take the show on the road. Uh, the, the tour has worked out so well. We, w- we were in Boston a few years back, and we loved it. And we wanted to come back, and we needed to kind of make it work within the structure of putting on a whole lot of Comic-Cons all throughout North America. So Tim so Gunn would I, approve. What was that? I said Tim Gunn <laughs> would approve. You made it work admirably. Oh, yeah. And now we, uh, we're, we're going to have, uh, have 15 Comic-Cons now. We're, we're going we're gonna to get up to at least 25 of them. So we're really excited. And uh, the 25? more we do, yeah, we're going to get up to 25. We already own 15 of them now. So it's getting up there. Wow. Wow. What other markets are you going to be going into that you're not in already? Well, we, uh, we, the first part of this year, we were in Toronto and Anaheim. Then we had Philly and Chicago. We have our big Apple Comic Con coming up October 1st through 3rd, which is going to be unbelievable. We've got a few guys that uh, we're getting there. Uh, Lee Majors. Um, where he's coming out. Oh, man. We got the, uh, the Brady boys reunion. Uh, so that's going to be great. All three Brady boys are going to be there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty spectacular that show that we have. And then, uh, and then we go right to Boston, October, uh, 15 through 17. And then we're going to go, um, we're going to go to Austin, Texas in mid November. And then we're going to go to Atlanta in the beginning of December. And then we have shows, um, in Cleveland plan, New Jersey, we have a, a number of other cities that we've bought that are in the process of purchasing. So we haven't announced dates yet, but we're going to be announcing pretty soon. Okay. Well, now tell us about the Wizard World Boston show coming up here. What I mean, I see that there's going to be a big Buffy cast reunion. Yeah. That what we wanted to do for for Boston was create this amazing hook for the show. Something that we know so many people are going to be excited about, and and Buffy's got a, a huge huge fan following. So what we did was we brought Buffy Fest there. And by doing that, we were able to get a bunch of the cast from Buffy, um, including James Marsters, Carissa Carpenter, Nicholas Brendan, Amber Benson, Claire Kramer. I mean, it's, it's really an amazing um, collection of, of celebs from, that, uh, from Buffy. And we mm-hmm. created all kinds of really cool packages where you can meet them, get autographs, get photographs, um, and uh, hear them talk on panels. So then we use that as kind of our franchise, our hook for the show. And then now we've been building on a lot more celebrities for that. We just locked in Adam West. He's been on the show on the road with us, and he's bringing out crowds like you can't believe. Um, guys like Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters, it's amazing what's happening even with that franchise. They just came out with the toys. They've got video games, and, um, you know, they're just working on a lot of stuff with that. Doug Jones. Um, and, and on top of that, we've got a really great comic book crew uh, that's also coming along. We've got a bunch of guests already. Um, and, and even, you know, that is just all of our celebrities. We've got a lot more names that we have uh, that literally every day we get a lot of names coming across our desk trying to figure out what everybody's schedules are. Um, so we've got everybody from, like, Ethan Van Stiver, who's working on Green Lantern. And as you know, the movie's coming out next year. Um, guys like Mike Rell, who's the legendary artist on Green oh. Arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arthur Sidem, who's like the zombie king. 
uh, through Diapam. And, um, yeah, and then we also, what we've also been able to do is get a lot of either nighttime activities or other types of activities to get people really excited. So, like, um, one of the big attractions that we have is people get dressed up in costume like crazy. So, I think that's going to be a fun part of the show for everybody. Um, we have, we have totally don't that? have matching T-shirts. Mm. No, not at all. Not at all. Nope. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see people dressed as virtually any character you can imagine. And, and people, they re- especially as we get closer to Halloween, people are really getting their costumes ready. So um, it's one of those things where not only do people get dressed up, but they like their pictures being taken. So even as a fan just walking around not in costume, uh, they're going to be very gracious about taking pictures with you. So it's, it's really fun. And, and to any Harley Quinns out there who are planning Hello. on attending Wizard World, the Dome would love your oh, picture. I- Absolutely. Uh, we, uh, we we get no less than three Harleys at every show. Nice. So. Yeah. I, I was just yeah. looking through the page, and I noticed that um, good friends of the show, obviously Amber Benson is going to be there with the Buffy reunion, but also Chris Golden. We love him. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's been yeah. on several times, so shout out. He's going to be there as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's really great. We've got a. We've also got a big uh, horror film festival that we're working on there. Um, again, because of Halloween coming up, so we're going to have a, uh, a lot to do with uh, you know the horror side of things. We've got. I think we've actually got a big announcement coming on Monday. We're just locking in a few guests from something that people are going to be blown away by. Um, and then also we do a lot of gaming there as well. So we just did a deal to have the largest Magic the Gathering uh, tournament. Uh, annual tournament where we've got $250,000 in prizes. Um, and wow. uh, we're have our, we have our, you know, our Boston leg of, it, of that tournament coming up too. So anybody, and, and it's also around the time when a new magic release is coming out called Scars. So people are really looking forward to that. Wow. Maybe I'm just out of touch, oh. but I, A, did not realize anyone still played magic and B, did not realize they still played <laughs> it. No, I'm really serious. <laughs> oh my God, are you just kidding? Serious about it. As a matter of fact, uh, Magic is growing. They they actually had a great year when when Hasbro uh, recently released its earnings. One of the bright spots, not that, you know, Hasbro's doing unbelievable. They're on fire, but and one of the brighter spots was their Magic the Gathering. Was was the Coast Branch? I would not have guessed company. that. Hmm. You know what it is? All all forms of gaming are doing really, really well. I mean, with the, you know, as, as the iPhone and, um, you know, now the, the Android and, you know, all the handheld device, all the handheld gaming, online gaming, social gaming, uh, people are just playing a lot more games. And what's happened, especially with, the, with people now, they, they never stopped gaming. You know, when, when um, you know, over the last probably 10, 15 years, probably prior to that, People get to a certain age and then they stop playing games. You know, they get married or get a girlfriend or 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 move out of their parents' house or whatever it was. Are you they listening, stopped. Java? <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say my girlfriend games too, so. <laughs> yeah. And, and then what happened was, 10, 15 years ago, like when after, right after Grand Theft Auto came out, people people that were of a certain age that would stop gaming all of a sudden kept gaming, and now the companies had it continually produce new games for them. So now what's happening is people are gaming of all ages and also, you know, men and women. It's not just limited to kids. It's not limited to guys. It's, it's all forms of gaming have been uh, doing incredible. So, well, I think, that it's, I think that it's a really good uh, 
you know, parallel to the comic book industry because, you know, when comic books were beginning, they were specifically tar- targeted towards kids um, and, and they didn't have to deal with adult material until the kids who started reading comics grew up. That's correct. When, when, when I started um, Wizard back in, uh, back in 1990, 1991, when, when we first started doing the magazine, the, the average age of our audience was 15. Uh, today, it's in the mid to high 20s. So, you know, as we've aged, so is the, the comic industry. But what's also happened now is as people have aged, they also now, are, it's very generational. So now I'm old enough where I have a 10-year-old son and a 12-year-old daughter. So now I can enjoy what I grew up with, with my kids. So I can take my kids, right. my son, to the superhero movies. And I can take them, you know, my son knows more about Star Wars than I do. I mean, he watches Clone Wars. I, I can't even keep up with him these uh, days. We were just talking well, about we're, that. Yeah, you know, it's amazing how different generations have taken to different aspects of the Star Wars legacy. Yeah, I mean, now, we have, um, it's funny because we have, um, we have um, uh, the guy who played George R. Banks coming to our, uh, our New York show and also Jake Lloyd who played Anakin. And some people are up in arms, you know, how could you, this guy, you know, he ruined the Star Wars franchise, but yet, you know, when you talk to kids, they don't feel that way about the character. So, you know, you're seeing this whole, explosion of, you know, different thoughts and different opinions about, you know, the same franchise out there. But the, the, the main thing I think is that, you know, people don't get upset about something that they don't care about. So, you know, it, it's, all a, it's all a profusion of love for the series and, and for the, the material. And I think that goes across the board when it comes to the things that we deal with in this, uh, in this kind of oeuvre of, you know, comic books and science fiction and television and movies. Absolutely, you know, and, and, and the people that are passionate about it uh, go crazy. So, and that's good. I mean, that's really, that's really what we're feeding out there. You know, it's really important to make sure that people that are really into something, you know, that you can provide a really great experience for them. And that's what these shows are doing. We're, we're creating a live version of what we've done in the magazines for 20 years, what we've been doing online now for, for about a good 15 years. So now... You know, here's a great opportunity to come out and meet celebrities that would not normally be there. Um, and, uh, you know, and just be able to buy stuff. We've got a ton of vendors coming out to the show, you know, where you can buy tons of really cool stuff. So it was Well, the real question cool. is, will I be able to buy a sonic screwdriver remote? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can yeah, look really. good. Almost anything you're looking for, you know, uh-huh. at the show there. That's my favorite part. I like the shopping. Oh. Mm. Yeah, the shopping is fun. And, and we've, uh, we've been able to really diversify the retailers that we have. I mean, you know, it's really funny that, you know, not only just comic books, but there's just all kinds of, you know, toys and games and um, maybe a bunch of artists that you could buy sketches from and get autographs. And they, they're starting to make these really cool things. I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen a lot of people get have these, like, really cool knit hats of their favorite characters. It's just, it's really interesting what you're going to be able to find there. You know, a con is where I got my first Bajoran earring. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> fabulous. Yes, yes, Kriana, and who bought that for you? I bought it for my own damn self. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Hey, Garib, um, I want to talk to you about the competition. I mean, you have really taken on an ambitious task for yourself here. Uh, again, you said you, you know, you've got dozens of shows now throughout the year. And the New England show itself is going to be on the same weekend as the Rock and Shock Horror Festival in Worcester, Mass. It's around the same time as the New York show. Um, and New England has its own Boston Comic Con in April. Um, I mean, what did you consider these things when you set up for this particular weekend? Absolutely. And when, when you look at what we do, we, we actually have no competition. Um, we, we put on an event that our fans come out for. We've had fans in Boston for 20 years that have been a part of our lives for monthly through Wizard Magazine, online, on a daily basis. So when it comes to our fans, we've had fans in Boston for 20 years. Actually, my dad was actually born in, uh, in, in, Boston, in, uh, in Worcester, Mass., believe it or not. So, um, but, you know... We have fan- our fans are going to go wherever we want. We're like we're like Bruce Springsteen on tour. It doesn't matter <laughs> who else is playing, wherever they're playing. People, our fans are going to come to our show. Damn so, right. When, when you, look at, you know, when you look at what's going on in Boston in any particular night, you could have how many shows are going on, how many uh, Boston the Red Sox are playing. There's Practically plays. a billion things. There's movies. You know, you've got millions of people doing everything on one night. The city can handle a lot of events. And we know that our fans are going to come out and see us because we do a great job and they're going to have a great time. And you're not going to get to see James Marsters anywhere else. The only place you're going to see him is if you come to our show. If you want to meet Adam West, you're not going to find him anywhere else. He's going to be at our show in Boston once, and that's when you're going to get to see him. And you know what? I, I think you're right. I don't think Comic-Con is competition because you know what? Just from my perspective, I love Comic-Con. I won't stop going to Comic-Con. That sure as hell ain't going to stop me from going to this show. The more Absolutely. shows there are, the better. Right. San Diego does an unbelievable job. We love that show. I've been going to that show for 22 years straight. I spend a whole week in San Diego. I love it. But like you said, it's not going to stop you from going to your show. And, and quite frankly... You know, you know, people, ha- this show is a show for people um, in Massachusetts and Boston, all throughout New England. This is a show that, that it's a regional event that we're going to be able to provide a great experience for people. And, uh, you know, people are going to come out for it. I mean, we've had shows now in, in quite a lot of markets, and they're exploding for us. I mean, it's unbelievable how, how, how many people have been coming out for our events and they're loving it. They're just having a great time. You know, I think it's totally believable, actually. Judging by the way the music and the movie industries are so anti-consumer right now, you're in a perfectly pro-consumer market in these shows, and people will shell out the money for the experience. And I think that uh, you guys and any other shows that are really focused on the experience for mm. the patrons are in a perfect place to make a buttload of money. Well, with a smile on their faces. <laughs> and, and not you're, only you're, that. You're actually very right. When, when you look at what it costs to come to an event like ours relative to what it costs for other media, it's actually a, 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 a real bargain. And also, you know, it's, uh, it really is a great bang for the buck. And it's just a great experience. You know, and, and like you said, these companies, they want to reach 
their consumers directly. And, you know, our events are, are the greatest place for people to do that. And that's also why, you know, by having so many different events throughout, the, throughout North America throughout the year, there's a lot of companies that want to reach this audience, but they don't want to do it in one place in one time. You know, they want to be all over the place all the time. And, you know, this is a great way to be able to do that. Now, Garrett, yeah. I just I just want to say one thing. We're talking about, you know, the money that's involved. And I got to tell you, when I heard about the ultimate Buffy the Vampire Slayer package that you have for $1,500, I gulped. And I went, are you kidding me? And then I started looking at what is offered in this package. And I just, by the time, X, do you have that? Yeah, the, uh, okay. the $1,500 for, for package. For our listeners, okay, first of all, this is probably the best $1,500 you're going to ever spend in your life if you're a fan. Go for That's it. Right. Oh. I'm happy Hold to on. say that when, when someone says $1,500, bucks, they they say, no way. What what What's in that thing? And... You're right. If, if somebody is a fan of Buffy, it is the best money they're going to spend. And, and when you look at it, too, you know, yes, there's not going to be a lot of people that take advantage of it. And there will be, and we actually have sold some. You know, people, people want that experience. How many people will spend $1,000 or $1,500 to get front row in a concert? You know, people do it. People actually do it all the time. But they actually don't get to meet the guy on stage or the, or the band. But, or the but I, yeah, exactly. That's my point. If that was all that it was, I'd be going, no, 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 no. But X, just give, give an overview of what goes into this $1,500 package. It's amazing. Yeah. It's not coming Thank up you. here. <laughs> we, took a, we take a lot of time to put these packages together. And, and we know what people want. You know, it's not just a matter of saying, okay, this is this much. It's, it's not just the money, it's actually creating the experience that when somebody gets it, they're going to they're gonna love what they did. It's going to be the most memorable experience of their life, being a fan of something like that. Well, I mean, and, and $1,500, that's, that's, that's about a vacation. I mean, that's a pretty good vacation, right? Damn, damn you know, you, you, That's airfare accommodations for, for a weekend or for a five-day stay at somewhere closer. And you know, you you can you can go to Jamaica, you know, as many times as you like. But the chance to sit down with the, some of the cast members from one of your favorite shows of all time, if you had a Firefly package, I would be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> okay, Maybe here, here, here's the, here's the deal. Okay, okay, front row seating at Saturday night's James Marsters conference. Front row seating at Buffy Fest weekend program events. Front row seating at Amber Benson's film event. Signature and photo op tickets for Buffy guests James Marsters, Charisma Carpenter, Nicholas Brennan, Amber Benson, Claire Kramer, Mercedes McNabb. Factory X prop replicas. Amber Benson as Lenore Minibust. Cinequest signature cards signed by Mercedes, by Claire. James Marsters action collectibles. Amber Benson signed trading cards. Two items, other items signed by Buffy or Angel cast members. A ton of cool stuff. And um, everything. Who's taking credit card applications right now, seriously. 
are you kidding me? And plus, plus, get your photo taken with charisma. Oh, thank you. I'm going to die right now. Get your photo taken with Amber. Get your photo taken with Claire. Get your photo taken with Mercedes. I want to die. Okay? You That's had all. me at charisma. So, so Garib, are right. you basically saying your shows are economy-proof? Um, yes, they actually are. Because people, are, people will always spend money on things they enjoy. And they may not buy the house, or they may not buy the car, or they may not go on the expensive vacation. But people always have money for the things that they, that they really want. I mean, look, granted, there are a number of people that are out of work, and, and certainly people are always watching what they have to spend and what they save. But for people that want to have an experience, if I told you that substitute all those names and say Bon Jovi, you know, how much would a woman pay or a fan of Bon Jovi pay to get all those front row seats and to meet and greet? I know people that spend $1,000, 2000 for just, just front row tickets to a two-hour concert of his. You know, if yep, all of a sudden you put it... So, so when you compare it to how passionate people are, uh, and again, we have every form of, you know, that's the highest end package. I mean, there's obviously, uh, you know, less expensive ones where people can get a lot of stuff too, you know, for a lot less, mo you know, for a lot less money, but, you know, that also get the experience of meeting them and stuff like that. So, um, but, you know, but the shows are recession proof from the standpoint of, you know, it's a very low cost of entry. You know, people are still going to movies in record numbers. People are still buying games. They're still buying toys. They're still, they're still spending money on the things that they're very passionate about. And our shows are just a great escape for people to be able to, to, to indulge in what they enjoy. And the worst part, okay, not the worst part, the best part is that a three-day ticket, a three-day ticket, Right now on the web is forty-five bucks. Hmm. A single-day ticket is twenty-five bucks. Yeah, who doesn't have that to, to drop on something that they love? You you will spend more than that going to the movies. Oh hell yeah! Right, and for a bucket of slush. Yeah, and you're out. And movies are great, and they're great experiences, and it's a different kind of experience. But yes. Actually, you know, have you been to a movie lately? It's not really that great of an experience. <laughs> um, it depends what you see it. But, um, so, Conception was worth it. But Conception the, uh, was worth it. But our shows, yeah. too, like you said, you can, spend, you can spend three full days, you know, at these shows. Um, so, you know, on a cost-per-minute basis or cost-per-hour basis, it's a very, very affordable thing. And also, kids 10 and under are free. So... That's the other thing is that for, for a family to be able to come in as well, you know, you can bring your kids and they can have a great time. And we want to make sure that we get the new generation of kids and the new generation of fans excited and interested. So somebody is not just going to say, oh, I'm going to leave my kids at home. We encourage you. Bring the kids. They'll have a great time also. Mm. Uh, Garib? I, you know, we're, we're winding down here, and I did want to get to this. Uh, we put out a, um, a request to our listeners uh, if they had any questions to ask you. Okay. And uh, we did get some, some interesting questions, one of which was, why is Artist Alley so expensive for the, the New England show? It's $100 a day for artists. Um, the other Boston shows have pulled in impressive attendance numbers and don't charge as much. 
Is this a case of the artist paying for the name of the venue? Uh, well, first of all, when, when you look at what we charge for that, it's actually, um, it's actually very competitive, and it's also what we charge at all the other shows. Um, to be in a, in, a convention center, in a convention center is not cheap to be able to do that and provide the experience. And we find that if, that if somebody has, you know, $200 to spend on an artist alley booth, you know, that they have something. And, and believe me, they actually do, a, from on a square-footed basis, those are actually the least expensive spaces you can get in the hall. And we wanted to be able to create an entry place for people to be able to come in and, look, if they have a compelling thing that they want to sell or do at the show, you know, it's just a, it's actually the best way to get in and be a part of it. And also, when you think about the number of people that we bring to these shows, again, on a relative basis, on a person for what they're paying basis, it's also the best ticket you can get. Excellent. All right, then. <laughs> and that's Thank the you. truth. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much, Garib. This has been a pleasure talking with you right, today. Welcome. I'm really excited to be there. I can't wait to meet you guys. I hope you come out to the show. We'll make sure that uh, we get you some uh, VIP passes as well. Oh, you oh, guys that's... rock. We will hold you to that, sir. Absolutely. We, we are definitely planning on having a crew of us come out to definitely cover the show. Oh, great. Yeah, I didn't say the, uh, the 1,500 VIP packages. But <laughs> I'll make sure you guys get the, uh, the VIP treatment. Oh, Garib, we're looking forward to it more than you know. We absolutely no, are. That's, Charisma Carpenter will give us massages, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. She just called me before and I promised me that she'll do it for you. See, see, oh, X, see that? You see? You see what happens? You see what happens when you work hard at a job? Sooner or later, <laughs> they understand why, why you want to be on Sci-Fi Saturday night. <laughs> Garib Sheamus, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it, ladies and gentlemen. Wizard World's founder, publisher, CEO, and Dalai Lama, Garib Sheamus. Thank you. Woo! Thanks a lot. <laughs> okay, as we're running low on time here, X. Ah, and in the coming up calendar, you caught me off guard here. <laughs> Next week, she's the girl you love. You know her, you love her. She sings Fuck Me Ray Bradbury. Next week's guest is Rachel Bloom. Then on September 25th, Dirk Manning spins over 50 interconnected stories in the latest installment of Nightmare World. And will we possibly be broadcasting from Spooky World? Stay tuned. <laughs> and on October 2nd, uh, legendary UFO expert Stanton Friedman. On October 9th, Scarewolf and the Horror Host Gang visit us from Saturday Fright Special. And on October 23rd, Hunter Lagore returns for the long-awaited release of The Last Man Anthology. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork, and in which no way um, are competing with Wizard Entertainment. Visit Bob and Kim at Comic Art this already, jeez. As original art for dozens of your favorite artists. Did X just start speaking in tongues? 
I believe he did. <laughs> uh, he kind of choked down his wine when you asked for the... <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're really good on, on working with the, you know, we, we throw a little something at you. you I think we've it. only been on the podcast a year. It's, you know, I'll get the hang of this sooner or later. <laughs> uh, great thanks to Garib Seamus and Chris Brew for joining us tonight for what is be a really, really interesting show. From the Alston Brighton Hellmouth outside of Boston, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, thank you for all that you do. This show was so not suckety suck, 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 suck. <laughs> From the Four Color Vault of Comics, great thanks to Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead. Good night, all. Good night, all. <laughs> and from Outpost Gallifrey, thank you, Java. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> Happy birthday. This is the dome saying, Genie. Shared pain is lessened, shared joy is creased. Thus we all refute entropy. Welcome back, Spider. Good night, everyone. <laughs>